You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Two footy legends covering all things sport. Kia, the Kia Sorento, drive car of the year. Yeah, good day and, and welcome to Sports Day and that. It's Badge and Satsy with you. No, you got to share it now. You guys the... are so wrong. Off no. air, off air, Scotty Sattler, I can't believe it, is talking about, uh, who are you talking about? Julia Bishop. Julie, Julie Bishop. Julie Bishop. Yep. And, and saying she's, she looks really well for someone who's elderly. elderly. <laughs> and I said, she's not elderly. How old's elderly? And what I did know. you say? Well, I think you're elderly if you're... If you've got a six as the first number. So 60. You said before that. Yeah, 60 could be classed as You said in your 50s. I didn't say 50s at all. No, he didn't. Because he's in his 50s. 0477-736-736. What's classed as elderly? I'm throwing it out there, boys. Hello. Good evening, by the way. Good evening. Are you okay? Do you want your slippers and a dressing gown or something? And my pipe. Julie Bishop, 64. Mate, she's, she's got not the, elderly, Sats. Yeah, that. Uh, well, anyway, she's got the best legs I've ever seen. Is this lady joining us uh, tonight? God, you're creepy, Aussie swimming legend Lisa Curry. She's fifty nine. Nine, nine. She's nine. not elderly. She's not elderly. No. Oh, so that's not elderly. No. She's a good so sixty is not then, because next year you're saying she's elderly. Sixty's a toss of the coin, Sats. Well, she could be elderly. Should next elderly year. be more not just based on your age? Should it be by how you how frail or not you are? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Okay. Is this ages? Are we digging a hole for ourselves? What? 70, I reckon it is. 0477736. Four gallon. In his 40s. Yep. Elderly? No. No. Fighting tonight against Justice Hooney. Paul Kent is going to give us the drum on that. Elderly. So this huge fight. Yeah, he's part of the huge panel fight. tonight on main event. Uh, this will be huge, and the numbers will be massive. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see what the numbers are going to be. I heard that ticket sales at the actual venue itself were struggling. Hence, I think because it's winter and people want to sit at home and watch it, and that's why main event numbers were yep. massive with this. Come up with a really good uh, poll, producer Woogie's small poll yep. for Four Pines. Uh, which creative. round? Which round uh, and, w- and who's going to win? Is, uh, or will it last go the distance or not on the poll? What? Sports. What's that's the poll? Not on, no, it's not on there at all. It's on oh, the what oh, is it? Do you need new glasses? Oh, I thought you were having a go at him because What's it's, the poll? There's no, it's no creativity yeah. at all. It's gallon, gallon hoony, or hoony or draw. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, I, like, I want to get out. What, you, don't, you don't want our is listeners to got? have an opinion? Is it only your yeah, opinions that matter? Sm- they're smarter than you think. They're not all elderly. I'm not saying they're dumb. <laughs> Actually. One they're hour. smarter. They can, they can come up with more than just Gallon or Hooney. Anyway. How, long's, how old's Adrian from Dural? Adrian's 76. Uh, what about Toronto Rod? Toronto Rod's 53. They're both in their 40s. Sporty Gab, 80 what? No. Nah, <laughs> oh, come on. We'll have no listeners left. 
Danger from Cairns. <laughs> Danger from Cairns. Is 38 going on 58. <laughs> he's 38, yeah. Right. But looks well, at he's, least 80. He's been preserved because he's pickled every day. Oh. <laughs> Serious. Is there anyone? No one's safe tonight. Drink, what happened here? Hey, listen, drink responsibly. Yeah. Mm. What else? Uh, what else? Um, what is the correct punishment for milking, players milking? There's Graham Annesley came out yesterday and spoke about they're looking at some way in the new year that we can try and introduce something around players who they deem as as milking. Now mm. you, you do walk cereal a, milkers. You walk a fine line when you try and judge whether people are milking or not injuries. Um, but I think it's worth I think it's worth definitely the the discussion. On this occasion, I think the players do require some feedback. Mm. Heavy yeah. stuff. Heavy stuff. This is not so heavy. Mm. This has got to be something from Woogie. The best canteen food at a sporting ground. Yeah, I like this. That's actually. I really right. like oh. this. Yeah, I like it. You know, we go to a lot of you know your big stadiums, and it's there's a lot of gourmet foods now at big stadiums. But not, this is not about the big stadiums. This is about your regional grounds, your community rugby league grounds, or football, soccer, whatever it may be. Netball. AFL, netball. Um, sorry, that was my sexism coming out there. Just mentioning. Yeah, just. All Male-dominated sports, even though there's You're saying of, that there's a lot of females playing no, those sports you mentioned too no, now. You, absolutely. No, you cut me off. Okay, so – but the reason why I brought up this is because I had an argument with um, with a, a guy this morning. Mm. And he said, where's the best steak sandwich you've ever had? I said, Rockhampton, Brown Park, home of the Central Capras. Mm. And uh, so that it sparked a debate and he started talking about the different grounds that See, he's been to in the regional – Yes. Different chips that he's had. Thick chips or thin chips. What do you like better? You haven't been to many of the regional grounds outside of Queensland, Sats, because I know you've, 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 apart from your, um, your work with Fox Sports, you also been to Forbes, Parks, and, Wagga. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I was going to say, you covered we're all, all through the Queensland uh, Cup there, the Interest mm. Super Cup. But I wonder what our listeners, what, what they can tell us, what's the best. Uh, what's something the different. Best? Is there something different yeah. at the canteen that you've seen? Oh, you know what was usually... different? I went to a. Uh, a Sporting event, spoke at an event at Padua College in Brisbane a week and a half ago, and they had a Padua special. It was Old Boys Day. They had the Padua special. So they got up right at the start and announced to everyone, um, we're going to go. It was just outside, standing around having beers and Mm. and burgers and uh, pizzas and Mm. then go inside. And they said, we've got the Padua special, and all the Old Boys cheered. How good is this? It's a sausage roll on a bread roll. With sauce. Oh, you're away on holidays. We, a Padua we discussed What's this. that? Who some is of our, that? Some of our listeners, it was one of our My most talked about topics. Up. That's yep. weird. I ate one on air. That? I'd never had one before. I got him one. Oh. What, what do they call them in Newcastle? The Bogan, Bogan Cigar. Bogan Cigar. The Bogan Cigar, nice. Yeah. Mate, they're the best. Hey, oh. hamburgers, Bathurst. I went there for a Penrith Raiders game, and the hamburgers at that stadium were fantastic. Okay. Mm. Nice. All right. Hey, oh, just quick, quickly, a happy birthday to a mate of ours, Sats. Roberto Duran. No. Oh, Peter Sterling. How old's Peter Sterling? Sterlo's elderly. He's... <laughs> <laughs> That's so wrong. What is oh. Sterlo? 60... 61. 61. 61 Very wrong, Sats. I can't believe you're saying that. Sterlo listens to the show right. there on the Central Coast. Well, it's, um, it's, our, it's our mate Mel Meninga's birthday next month. I'm going to be interested to see how, how old's Mel? Babs, he's 62, 63? He will be 61. He was, it was his 20th birthday. It was too. 1980, the night of the first Origin Kicked game. Kicked how many goals? Seven. Seven, seven goals. Were you getting him a gift? No. Yeah, he's a bit tight. Mm. Plus, he never gets me anything. <laughs> Time for this. 
Sports Day, Sports Update. Yeah, what's brewing for Four Pines Brewing Co., the official beer of Sports Day with badge and sats. I'm going to struggle to get through this sets because I'm just feeling really old tonight. I had a flu back today. I'm struggling. Oh, did you? Yeah. Good on you. Struggling. Okay. Um, have you had well, your dad, COVID yet? No. Well, my dad's gone into uh, another facility now where he gets a little bit more care and you can't go and visit him until you've had at least the flu vac. And, and how long, how many days does that take to kick in? Just a couple of days? Is it? A couple of days to kick in. Yeah. You, no, but you, can you go and visit him tomorrow now oh, that yeah, you've had yeah, it today? I can. Oh, I that's can. great. But I'm struggling now. Are you? Yeah. Why? I've got a headache. I've, you know, just, okay. Anyway. Old age catching up with you, mate. I'm approaching that elderly age, mm. Jason. Okay. Um, the annual beanie for brain cancer round yes. is kicking off uh, tomorrow night. Uh, clubs, players, fans uniting. Uh, this is a great initiative. Uh, the Mark Hughes Foundation, Hughesy from uh, Boozy Hughes from the Newcastle Knights, is, um, who had his own issues with brain cancer. Yep. Uh, and I imagine, I think he said to us, it's ongoing. You never know. Um so raising money for brain cancer research, hoping to raise three million bucks this year. Mm. Um, oh, this it kicked it off really well. I see um, Joyce Churchill has uh, donated a very, very, an incredibly special item. It was Clive, her her late husband, uh, the little master. He's of course badge one of the first four immortals back in 1981. Yes, uh, the. The Churchill family and Joyce has donated his 1948, the first test jersey that he played in. Wow. And a betting agency has actually already put up $50,000 and also to be housed in the uh, the museum at Rugby League Central right. as well. An amazing, what an amazing piece of memorabilia. The 1948, the first test jersey of one of our greatest players of all yes, time. Yes, yes. So Well preserved too. I looked at the, the photo of it today. It's so in a frame. Is that up for auction then? That's... Well, anyone can keep reading between the lines. The betting agency has offered 50000 Whether that is official or not, I'm not quite sure. You know what? I'd like to think it's worth more. I think it would be worth more. more. Absolutely. More. Special stuff. And today as, you, well, today as well, they had the, uh, the Mark Hughes Foundation, um, the Big Three Trekkers, which was uh, launched today at uh, Rugby League Central, and they walked, everyone, big group of people, walked from Rugby League Central at Driver Avenue there at Moore Park to the Opera House as well. To start off this weekend and the awareness around uh, this great cause, of course, Mark Hughes was diagnosed some years ago with brain cancer, has raised millions of dollars uh, for research and awareness as well and assistance. Mm. So it's a huge weekend. It's one of the most celebrated weekends every year. It is unreal. Hey, uh, some texts coming through already. Uh, Danger from Cairns, the best fish and chips, Bell Block, New Zealand, bloody fantastic is that is Bell Block? Is that a, in a prison? Is That's that, what I'm thinking. Does he does he mean C Block? <laughs> yeah, he might be like the best. <laughs> no, nah, good on you, Danger. The Love best you. fish and chips in New Zealand. You can't again. go past the Meraki boulders. And uh, Michelle from Dubbo's says, age 48. She's not elderly. Uh, why aren't they playing an NRL game at Barlow Park in Cairns this year? I don't know. Don't know. They usually do. Actually, yes. South Sydney and South Sydney's played some games there in the past. Um, Danger. Sporty Gav. The best mashed gravy and beef rissoles are at the Royal Hotel in Wyong, straight across from the train station. Absolutely delicious. Beautiful. Good, good on you, Sporty. How good are rissoles? Uh, let's get back into the serious stuff. Uh, the NRL today fined um, Titans player David Fafita for breaching the game's alcohol code of conduct and bringing the game into disrepute. It goes back to this incident uh, in late December yep. when he uh, went into uh, not his house, someone else's house and got uh, – 
got chased out and well, he walked into the blow up. Well, bedroom. Walking into the correct house, but the wrong room. Is that right? Well, that was the story. Yeah, but left his phone in an Uber. Yeah, lucky he didn't get a baseball bat around the forehead. Yeah, or worse. Lucky uh, for the baseball bat. Yeah, 20,000 20, fine, as you said, badge, 10,000 yeah. suspended. And um, also there was investigation from the NRL at some stage there where it had been revealed that the Gold Coast Titans had alleged, allegedly paid $10,000 to the family, the affected family, to put up some sort of security, whether it's front fence, gate, cameras, I don't know what no, it's it may be. It's an anti-Titans um, security it? system. Yeah, it sees any of that, any of that colour, the, the jersey coming and... <laughs> Clamp shut. Is it like a one of those, you know, those those infrared lights? As soon as you walk in within the in the range, the, the gates just shut. Yes, I think everything so. turns electrical. I thought it was a repellent. Like you know, you get one those for the sharks. You got those. Oh, for the, the bat spray. The, yeah. the shark repellent bat spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, now let's uh, a little bit of origin stuff. Uh, I was reading about this. That's. Do you think Liam Martin's place is is uh, in doubt in origin because Angus Crichton's I think been it back is. and playing well? Yeah, I think it is, Badge, but not for any reason due to form. I think it's just due to if Angus Crichton wasn't suspended, he would have he would have been picked in that side. Probably Tarek Sims on the bench and maybe and maybe Angus Crichton starting. But because Tarek Sims, I thought was one of the best in for New South Wales in game one, I think he secures that back row position. Mm. Now does Angus, who was really good last week for the Roosters against the Gold Coast, does he come back into calculation? It just so happens they play against each other this week on Friday night. And they're both from tomorrow. They are, About too. a year apart. They'll probably play opposite tomorrow, sides. Where is, is that near Queensland? No. Okay. Mm. We could have had him. Home of Trent Barrett tomorrow. But um, but they'll play opposite sides, I think, with Viliami Kikiao being out. You'd think Liam Martin will play on that left-hand side. Angus Crichton plays on the left-hand side for the Roosters. So they may not come up against each other, but... Based on the individual games, um, I think Brad Fittler will be watching pretty closely. I, I think, I think myself that you would probably go with Angus Crichton. It's a tough problem to have, isn't it? Due to poor Freddie, due to being at Suncorp, Jeez. and because it is a little bit of a different build-up for New South Wales going to Suncorp, a little bit more pressure on you. Um, and I think you need someone who is used to that that high level of preparation. What do you Angus, reckon? Angus Crichton probably ticks that box. What do you reckon, listeners? Zero four double seven seven three six seven three six. 736 Liam Martin or Angus Crichton. Which one would you have? And what about these Queenslanders when we're talking origin? Gee, they haven't got the same issue. They've got blokes trying to keep their places. Uh, Xavier Coates, Kyle Felt, Kurt Capewell, AJ Brimson, who might not get on the park this week. He's got... Might have a, I think, I think he's got a PCL injury, so some doubt around him. Um, Joe Offengawi, uh, while the likes of uh, Josh Papali'i and and Caelan Ponga, if they're fit and healthy, they'll be back in. You'd imagine um, a few other sets that yeah. might be able to force their way in. Hamaso Tabi Fido has been pushed really heavily by some mm. by some quarters in uh, for the selections. Uh, Josh Kerr. Uh, will come into calculations as well. You'd reckon, yeah. Well, I think Looking just strong. Well, obviously, New South Wales showed their hand really early on how they were going to play the game. It was going to be all about speed and using their outside men to to try and uh, try and push around that New South Wales for, uh, Queensland forward pack in a sense of change of angles and just speed and not being able to stay up with that speed of the game. Mm. Josh Kerr is a young front rower playing in the second row for. Uh, for the Dragons, but primarily a front row. But he's young. He's actually got really good leg speed for a young guy as well. 
Uh, Cohen Hess now playing in the front row is a lot better than playing in the second row. He's matured a lot more as a player as well because he is a fast and really good change of angles across the ground defensively. Does he come into calculations as yep. well? So, and, and if Ponga and, and Brimson are not available, does Reese Walsh get serious consideration? I keep getting asked this question by uh, Yeah, by people keep saying, oh, he's too young. He's not good enough yet. Well, you don't know, Badge. You don't know until you throw throw them in the furnace and see how they react. And I think young players these days, they react a lot better than we did as young players when they're thrown into the, into the limelight. And, and admittedly, because it's a full-time game now, players are around a lot more experienced players on a lot a lot more of a regular basis throughout the day. They're fraternising with them. They're uh, hanging around them socially. So I think the young players mature a lot quicker this day and age than what we did when we first come into grade. Yes. Um, okay. And uh, the Dragons have reportedly given their blessing to uh, former playmaker Gareth Widdop to return to the NRL uh, with a rival club. When he got released back in 2019, um, it was on the proviso that he couldn't return from England to play for a rival unless they said it was okay. And now mm. it appears that uh, that is the case. And he's on the verge of leaving Warrington to come back and join. The word is the Warriors or the Raiders. I'm hearing the Raiders. Mm. Yeah. I'm not. Mm. I haven't spoken to anyone there. Um, so I couldn't tell you for sure. But I don't think. Do we believe that, Woogie? Uh, I think he does. Do uh, we believe what Gary's saying? Eh? No. Nicely. No. Not at all. Love an Englishman at the Raiders, and um, <laughs> yeah, he'd fit in very nicely. I think I think he's a better all-rounded. I think George Williams was really good for the Raiders, but I think he's a better all-round player than George. If Gareth would have did come back to Australia, his wife is Australian, is dying to get back. It's a little bit like the roles are the same. George Williams, his wife pregnant, wants to get home to near family. Gareth Wood's wife is Australian, back. wants to come back. I think they're in a really good position if they do get Gareth Widdop. Mm. Yeah. And just before we get to the break, a, uh, a friendly health tip from Ronaldo uh, is, is carries plenty of financial weight sats. Uh, he's one of the world's fittest athletes. He was at a press conference. There was a couple of bottles of Coke plonked in front of him. He yep. removed them, bit of a look at it, gave it a bit of a look, and picked up two bottles of water or a bottle of water and said, everyone, you should drink water. Yeah. Um, about $5 billion was wiped off Coca-Cola's market value in – in Europe. Is it because it was the heavy Coke or was the no sugar or? It was just an like uh, anti-Coke thing. Oh, was, okay. Mm. Coke general. Yeah. Okay. How bad is Coke vanilla? Is, oh, I've never tried it. But I don't like vanilla in my drinks. Well, I think Pepsi Max is making a huge inroad on, on Coke. Is this a, an expert opinion or just? Well, I just see the, the amount of Pepsi Max my son drinks. Oh, so, see, I like go. Sunkissed. That's um, my favourite. <laughs> I like Four Pines. And that was yes, of course, What's Brewing too, yeah. for Four Pines Brewing, the official beer of Sports Day with Badge and Sats. We'll come back to We're going to catch up with uh, Paul Kent in just a moment uh, from Fox Sports. Uh, going to chat all about the Gallon Hooney fight. Back soon. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping Badge and Sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. For Kia, the Kia Sorento. Drive car of the year. Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats and the big fight. Uh, we're just on the in the... The final hours of what has been a very anticipated fight between Justice Hooney and also Paul Gallen, a man 
who is not only knows his rugby league, we see him each night on NRL 360, but also loves his boxing. He's part of the uh, the panel tonight for the coverage on Fox Sports. On main event, Paul Kent joining us on Sports Day. How are you, PK? I'm good, guys. How are you guys going? I'm good. In the last few days, PK, do you think Justice Hooney has been rattled by the verbal onslaught from Paul Gallen? Oh, yeah, I do. I think he has. I think it... So Gallen uh, has been keeping a lot of what he thought bottled up inside. He was deliberately baited early on in the piece, uh, a little bit by Justice Hooney's father, Rocky, and also by the promoter, Dean Lonigan. And he let all that go. And, and Hooney almost uh, absolved himself of any uh, connection with his own, own team there and said, look, this isn't me. This isn't what I'm saying. But it has been going on. It's been a bit of a campaign all the way through. And Gallon's held his nerve all the way. But he just got to the point the other day, and I actually think it was quite deliberate. I think the timing of it from a from a, a, a mental intimidation point of view was perfect because what he did is he really got into Justice Hooney's head. Now, Hooney, uh, behind the scenes, is known as a guy who suffers uh, anxiety. Uh, when he pulled out of the World Championships, when he... He won the uh, what did he win? He won the quarterfinal and went into the semifinal, which guaranteed him a bronze medal. And if he won that fight, he was going to fight for a gold medal. Uh, but he pulled out of the fight. Now, out of that, there was a feeling that the anxiety got to him, and, and they just said, "Well, mate, you don't need to fight anyway. You've got enough points to qualify to the Olympics by making the the, uh, the semifinal." So he pulled out of the fight. Now, Gallon really zeroed in on that the other day. And he's just trying, I think, make Justice Hooney second-guess himself because the one thing we do know about Paul Gallon is he won't quit. This, this fight tonight is, you know, the, 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 they should have billed it as, as Will versus Skill. And Hooney's got all the skill and he's got far more boxing pedigree than Gallon. He's a far more accomplished boxer than Gallon. He's a far better boxer than Gallon. But as we've seen countless times in boxing, that's not always the tools you need and Paul Gallon will keep coming and keep walking forward and I know in his preparation the guys he's been sparring he's fought a few guys one of whom actually beat Hooney as a uh, as an amateur now this guy was six foot five and Gallon really went to war with him in, the, in this spar and they walked away that pretty confident that, that that while most people see a big gulf between their their, their boxing abilities that's not as big as what people believe. And I think that was camouflaged a little bit in the last fight against Lucas Brown because Lucas Brown went so early, we didn't actually see much of Gallant fight at no, all anyway. No. So I think he's a big improver, yeah, on, the, uh, on say, when we saw him fight Barry Hall. I wonder if, um, you know, on a note to sell tickets, Dean Lonigan and co have really um, got pretty personal with this, with Paul Gallant. Um, I wonder if he is regretting poking the bear because you can tell that Gal is not only... I don't, I don't think he's just he's just trying to get under the skin of Justin, Justice Hooney and get in his head. I think he's absolutely as fired up as I've ever, I've ever... We spoke to him last night or ever seen or ever heard him. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he, he's very motivated for the fight and he's angry about some of the insults that have been uh, sent his way. Having said that, I always think, look, you're preparing for a fight. It's harder to pre- prepare, particularly with a boat like Gallant, any harder than what he's already going to do. But there's probably that little part of him, you know, and, and you guys having been elite footballers would know this, that little part of him, that little bit of energy he's going to get when there comes a point in the fight when he's he's probably caught a bit of a, 
uh, beating. He just sits there and, and that'll be his little trigger that, that gets him going again. And uh, there's no doubt that he's taken this personally. He's actually quite angry with Dean Lonigan too, the promoter, uh, who has, been, in the absence of Justice Hooney, been able to really sort of sledge too much, has taken that role upon himself. And you know, the promoter's role is always generally to be neutral in these in these events, but he's clearly sided with Hooney, and, and Gal's quite angry about that. So oh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes because I, I do think I, I, you know, I think the better the the better the nights, the, the back the fight to go. The distance for money's paying about three three dollars three dollars fifty mm. or something like that, which I think is a pretty good bet. They're gonna, there's going to be a lot of eyes on it. They have done really well to get everyone's attention, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight as much as any that I have in the last few mm. years. What does Justice Hooney have to do in the first round or two to make sure that that Gal doesn't you know just sneak in there and and uh, and finish him off early? Oh, he's just got to establish himself with his jab. Like, he's a very clever boxer. He's a classical boxer, and he works with the jab. Uh, he's got a nice, fast... He's got very fast hands, Tooney. So, Gallon's going to try and press forward and try and just establish him, uh, his own tempo and bully him around a bit and all the rest of it. But the fact is that if Hooney just... He's just got to keep that distance between them. If he allows Gal to get on his chest, then he's going to be in trouble because that's Gal's sweet spot. He's a nice short puncher. He's not really a long puncher, Gal. So if he can get in close and, sh- and punch short, beat him up around the body, and he'll hit him with those those uppercuts and hooks. And those, he's got this really sort of weird overhand right. Collects, well, collected Lucas Brown mm. over behind the ear, which uh, was you know, boring on illegal. But um, if Gal can start landing a few of those punches, he's going he's gonna to get a little bit of his own way. So Hooney's just got to keep space. And, and for the whole fight, has to keep... You know, there, there should be a, a real clear vision of daylight between the pair of them if, if Hooney's going to win the fight. Muscle memory always takes over, especially when you're coming from another sport like rugby league. And what rugby league players do, PK, is they walk forward, they walk straight. And in boxing, you need angles. Yeah. You need to be off-centre. So... Is there a concern for you that if Gallon continues just to walk straight, that Hooney will just pick him off? Yeah, that, that, and, and that's, that's the smart way the fight will probably go. But the one thing about Gal that I think, look, when he took his shirt off yesterday at the weigh-in, I was taken aback a little bit by how well he looked how lean, and how yeah. fit he looked. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is he's 99 kilos. He hasn't been that light in, in a long, long time. The thing about Gal is he now, uh, he's been training for 18 months now purely as a boxer. Mm. So the footy training's gone. When he was doing it before, he had a little bit of footy training going as well. But he's, he concentrates solely now as a boxer. And that angles and all that. Graham Shaw, his trainer, is a very clever trainer. Uh, he trained Daniel Gill, who was probably the best we've seen in the last mm. 30 years. Uh, besides Costa Zoo, he'd be the best fighter we've seen in Australia working angles and and just being able to pick off fighters that way. Graham Shaw understands it very well, and he's been working hard on Gallon to... Look, he's never going to be a, a smooth, slick boxer, Gal, but all he needs is he can give him enough angles that he's just not walking straight into punches all the time, that he, he understands he can slip and then come in from the side and things like that, which Hooney will be trying to do to him all night when Gal's walking forward. Uh, and Gal's just got to be able to uh, at least be able to find a way in. If he can find a way in, then that's, that then becomes irrelevant. But that's got to be the trick that he's got to be able to find a way around that, that mm. long jab that Hooney's got, which is very quick. So Gal kind of wants it to be more of a, a brawl, um, I'm sensing. Yeah. Is, how important is the referee's role tonight? And what, what difference could that make 
to the uh, to the result or the way the fight goes. Yeah. You're spot on there, Badge, and it is it is important. And and the Gallon Camp's not happy with the referee they've got. Uh, they did protest about it, and it was overruled. Uh, uh, Gauchi, uh, John Gauchi is the referee who uh, has been around before. He, look, I don't look. He, he, he goes okay, but I think there are better referees in the country. And I certainly, from a point of view of Gallon, uh, what they're concerned about is that every time Gal gets close enough to fight, Hooney will uh, wrap them up, and then Gauchi will get in and pull them apart, which then puts it back the advantage back to Hooney all the time because that's he's back at a distance where he wants to fight. So. It'll be a little bit like that. Uh, so they're, they're sure, I think, is going to talk to Gauchi tonight before the fight and say, look, once they're in there, if they're still throwing punches and they're still uh, moving and okay, uh, don't, don't pull them apart, let them fight. So we'll wait and see how that mm. goes. But it is important. And uh, you know, that we've seen over time too, you know, the, the importance of referees in fights and, and how they like to adjudicate. Prediction, PK, a lot of the punters are saying first two rounds. That's where the odds are saying that Hooney will knock Gallon out. I don't think – I think it'll go the distance, but uh, what's your prediction? Yeah. No, I think it'll go the distance. I, I, I don't think – I don't think – look, the one thing I, – I sat with um, some people from Gal's camp when Hooney fought three weeks ago against uh, Christian Soy mm-hmm. at the uh, International Convention Center where tonight's fight is. And they, they, to be fair, they sat down a little bit nervous about this fight coming up and that they are still nervous about it. Um, they're not anywhere near as confident today as, they have, as I've seen them in previous fights. But I'll say during the, the, the rounds of that previous fight with, between Hooney and Soy, what happened after about four rounds, they started to look at each other like, you know what, it's not as impre- impressive as we feared. And by about round seven or eight, what they noticed was that Soy was out of gas, basically, but Hooney couldn't get him out of there. And they, they, there's a feeling that, that Hooney's really just a, still an amateur fighter who's got three, four good rounds in him, but after that, he hasn't got a finish in him. And that they think that if that's the way it goes, that's why Gal's talked about coming on. If he, if he can come on round seven, eight, nine, late in the round, which we know Gallon will, he'll be fit enough that... He'll still be punching hard that late in the fight. So that's when they think they're a chance of getting him. And they just, I mean, he's not a, a big concussive puncher like, um, yeah, like we all, like the heavyweights generally are. Mm-hmm. He's, he's six foot four, but he's not that guy that's got the big one punch knockouts and all that sort of business. So uh, unless Gally, heavyweight's going to always knock out heavyweights, but unless he catches him uh, flush, I, I don't think he'll knock him out. I think he'll go the distance and, yeah, the smart money says Hooney wins on points then. Um, but, you yeah, know, the smart bet's probably the fight to go the distance, as I said. On the day Can't that Rob, Roberto Duran, one of the greatest fighters of all time, turns 70 today. And Kenty and I always talk about boxing books, and he tipped me a really good book. So, yeah. listeners, if you love your boxing, Liston vs. Ali by Bob Mee. It's called The Ugly Bear and the Boy Who Would Become King. I've just finished it. It's an amazing Beautiful. book, Kenty. Yeah, terrific book. It's great when you read those books, and you get this sort of alternative history. Like we've all sort of read, and we all know the Muhammad Ali stories and all the rest of it, and a lot of that. But when you get a book like that, such as I, I said to you, and it's a real different look at it, it's written from a different point of view, and you get all these backstories that you, you hadn't heard before. It's fascinating. And I really, that's why I, one of the great books out there for anyone that's interested in boxing is called Iron Ambition, which is Mike Tyson's mm. book, because it, it's just like a, it's like a para, parallel history of boxing 
through the 50s, 60s, 70s when, when boxing was at its peak and it was Ali and, and Sonny Liston and, and all the gangster days with the Frankie Carbo and all the rest of it. it it's a fascinating book. And uh, Tyson recalls it from uh, his days with Customato, who was Floyd Patterson's trainer back then. But uh, one of the great books. We better we better let you go, Kenny, and get uh, get to your your duties. Have a uh, have a great time tonight. Hopefully, it's going to be one of those uh, those very memorable nights at the fights. Uh, <laughs> and it's all on main event. Good on you, Kenny. Thanks, mate. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Thanks, guys. This is Sports Day for the Kia Sorento Drive Car of the Year. Back soon. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day with badge and sats. For Kia, the Kia Sorento. Drive car of the year. Now, hot topic time. Welcome back to Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Good chat there with uh, Paul Kent. So I was just playing with my microphone. Well, I think you set me up with What's my microphone. What's going on with that microphone? You're not concentrating, mate. It's always loose and I've always got to fix it. I think you do it to me before. Or is it, or is it when Cam's in here, Cam Smith? Uh, Cam Smith doesn't go anywhere near your microphone. Okay. He doesn't want to catch anything. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good chat there with <laughs> uh, Paul Kent in relation to the big fight tonight. Uh, and they've got a text message here from Brad from Redhead. He said, hey, boys, what's your thoughts? Hooney's tactics? Employ early three rounds of punches on target to practice for the Olympics. Or just smash Gal ASAP. Can't seeing be in his best interest having a long fight. Can he Too smash risky. Gal? Could you smash Gal? Like, I mean, could could Justice soon? Because I'm I'm hearing a few people that he might not have the the punch power. Well, he's had four that. fights, three TKOs, and those those four those four okay. wins. So he has Pro got some fights. punching power. Yeah, but um, I think he'll be really wary early on. I think you want to get rid of him. I don't think you want to go 10 rounds because I think he knows how fit Gallon is. Mm. I think Gallon believes he's got to knock him out in four rounds. If he doesn't, I think the Gal Camp will know that he's going to be up against it. One thing about Gallon is he won't – he will receive body punches that he'll never receive ever again because he is an amazing body puncher in the kidneys and the and the, uh, and the liver. Gal is. Hooney. Oh, Hooney is right. But he, is Gal too short for him to be able to get him down there? No. Bit of no. a size difference. Yeah, no, he's a beautiful body puncher. Right. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to let it go the distance, uh, Brad, from Redhead. I think he's going to try and finish it as early as possible. Hey, Danger, uh, Woogie Danger says, can anyone listen to the fight tonight on the radio? Just wondering if you know, mate. I don't think it's on. No, it's not radio. on radio. It's just a main event event. Mm, main event event. A main event event. On Fox. So, I'd uh, love to hear Danger call the game after a few tinnies. Uh, or the fight, I should say. Uh, He'd jump really? in the ring, wouldn't he? With a chair like a Paulie chair. and Rocky yep. three with mm. Thunderlips. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Toronto Rod says, I don't think Hooney has done enough talking. Haven't heard from him. If he wants to be a great for boxing, he has to have a bit of character. Gal's the only one talking, promoting the event. He's a bit young. He's only 22, Justice Hooney. And, He's you know, very young and immature Gal, in the sense that's of right. professional boxing. Yes, yeah. and all of the, the trash talk that goes with That's why Dean Lonergan has jumped in and taken that, uh, yeah. that spot for him. Right, our hot topic is around the um, about players milking. We have been talking about this. Well, it's been the hot topic for a few weeks or a bone of contention, certainly. Uh, Graham Annesley said the NRL had um, has got several rule change options to use. If the milking continued, I think it really has died down a hell of a lot uh, in the last, since Origin. Um, there, it includes mandating a head injury assessment for any player who acted like they had been hit in the head. 
We do at times see players who will stay on the ground. The referee will stop the play and then there'll be a review and that may or may not bring a penalty. Are we seeing um, some gamesmanship around some of that? I think we probably are. If we think a trend develops and it continues, then we will be left with no alternative but to look at rule change options at the end of the season to try and address it. I think the crusher tackle, and I've, I've been harping on about this for a number of weeks, months, is the biggest bone of contention when it comes to players who, and I don't want to use the word milking because the initial contact from a, a crusher, which is not intentional a lot of the time from, from players, there is an instant uncomfortable feeling on the back of your neck. You, you do get up and grab it. Now, my biggest concern is if there are players that are milking it, the crusher tackle, if they feel some pressure on the back of their head or neck, that it's quite easy. You, you ask them to leave the field because if it is about the safety of the player in any injury, mm. if they are milking it, if they're asked to leave the field in some capacity to have some sort of assessment, well, then one, they'll, they'll think twice about doing it. Or secondly, if they are left to do the assessment, well, it's in their best interests that they get cleared of any possible injury. You know what I noticed? have noticed, Sats, uh, and I'm going to keep a much closer eye on it this week, there's fewer incidents. There's fewer crusher tackles, potentially. There's fewer head highs. Players are getting it really quickly. Absolutely. They're they really quickly. This was, this was what the result the NRL wanted. The NRL doesn't want to be suspending and fining and sending off and sin binning. They want that stuff out of the game as much as possible. It's mm. always going to be a little bit of it but as much as possible out of the game. And I think really quickly players are learning that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy for them to keep this, this hardline stance, but definitely, yeah, when we, when we have players faking it, we don't want to be, as some commentators have said, well, we don't want to be soccer in that you just, you know, you lie down every time someone kicks near your feet. And we are getting that way. We don't want to, but well, we're starting but I think to we're, Yeah, we were. we're. We're getting on top of it now. It's, it's coming back the other way. Well, Graham Annesley saying um, another option would be to make a player who stayed down leave the field for one to two minutes, um, being left with 12 players for a short period of time. You're not going to do it then, are you? No, you're not. Unless you're dead set, um, you know, you're, it's happened to you. Oh, well, you'd, they'd have to be allowed to replace. You wouldn't? The 18th man come on quickly? I don't know. Um, all right, this sports day for the Kia Sorento Drive Car of the Year. Better get to a break. Keep those texts coming, 0477 736 736. When we come back, we've got what from Oprah. She's going to join us uh, and plenty more on Sports Day. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats for Kia, the Kia Sorento, Drive Car of the Year. On Sports Day, it's time for the unusual, what? the stupid, what? and the ridiculous. Well, um, well, I'd probably be saying that late tonight when they go, Paul Gallen has won that fight what? against Justice Hooney. What? Don't know. Don't know. I know he's a massive favourite, Justice, and, and, and rightfully so, but tell you what, he's, gonna, he's not going to beat that uh, Paul yeah, Gallen. Buster in Douglas a, went in, in that hurry. fight against Mike Tyson in 1990. He was 42 to 1. Great doctor. So, so Tyson's a dollar and one or something. Yep. And crazy. He's actually unbackable. I don't think they were taking bets on him. Mm. It, was, it was just unbackable. 
Tyson. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. There you go. What do you got? He got it handed to him. Oh, Sydney man has set a challenge to eat a sausage at every Bunnings in the country. What? this the other day. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's hit a few snags along the way. Oh. oh. What? On his, uh, epic Did you Aussie write adventure. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, now, listen, he's been robbed in the outback. And he drove 36 hours to one store only to find out that it was shut down. What? Yep. And he reckons he'll meet his mission. This is Josh Eastwell. He's 25. He's going to meet his mission to eat a sausage at every Bunnings in the country. Uh, It's January he started this. And he's 108 snags away from meeting his challenge by the year's end. What? Was he actually physically robbed? No, he was actually robbed, yeah. Robbed in the outback. Robbed of his possessions. Oh wow! Mm, yeah, it was a but he's lady. marching on. Bingo! It was a no, it was a lady. He met. She was a very saucy character. <laughs> what? Um, what else you got, Sats? That's disgusting. Uh, Jeff Be- Be- Bezos' wife. You know who he is? He yeah. was. He's a rich guy. Well, he's the founder of Amazon. Ah, and sure recently separated from his wife. Her name's Mackenzie Scott. She's donated two point seven billion dollars to charity what? organizations. Oh. Over two hundred organizations. Um, but it's a drop in the ocean. You think, well, why would you part with two point seven billion? Well, after the divorce, she's worth sixty billion. What? Ridiculous. Nearly as much as Oprah. Nearly as much as Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, talking money. Uh, I read this today. In the next few weeks, twenty-five million dollars in unclaimed lottery prizes. This is in Australia, mm-hmm. set to be handed to the government because what? No one claims it. They get is, that, is that over time? Is it the twenty-five million over time? Uh, well, no. Some, well, some places, if you don't claim it within six months, some. Or, it's, it's, not months, states, it's not twenty-five some, million from one draw. It's over numerous no, draws. No, no numerous draws. There's yeah. uh, what's it say? Seven. These are the major major ones. Seven are in New South Wales. Um, a bunch of ten of them are in Queensland. One in Victoria, one in South Australia. Yeah, and the rules are different everywhere you go. Can so you, can you, uh, six months in Victoria, if can you don't I tell claim, you when seven you're, years in Queensland. Can I tell you when you're elderly? <laughs> when? Is when you, re- you read the paper still. What? And it's six months old and all that money's now been claimed. It's today. And while you're Scott. reading it, you've got your, your glasses at the end of your nose. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Come you look what? good for your age. Now you're just being. That's what I'm trying to say. Just being. True. It was million. a story. It was a story six months ago, but it's just made the newspaper. Woogie, you've <laughs> well, you got a story about uh, an elderly whenever, lady. Whenever oh. he's got a story, it's always got a little sense of creepiness about it. And this has. This mm. is this is creepo uh, ten. What? Because you yep. shared a flight with this lady. Oh, Julie Bishop, and she is hot. Yep. You know, the former um, what Deputy was she? Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah, she was, and she was also the Foreign Affairs Minister. Yep. Um, they've made a Barbie doll in her honour. Can you, can you, I mean, and, and look, what? I know Barbie's got some good pins on her because she's got good legs, Barbie. You can't talk like that. Why? Not in this day and age. You right. can't. Come on, because I've got like another, I've got a text I've got to get to. Okay, so yep, they've made a creepy. Barbie doll out of her. Oh, uh, good. That's okay. weird. That's well. creepy. Hey, uh, we've got a text from Rodney. If you stay down from a tackle, go off for the rest of the game. You can. And the off. 18th man can come in, or you could even have a 19th man as well uh, for cover. Most players wouldn't want to go off early. Yeah, we what? want a deterrent, Rodney. We, I'm not sure if that's it, but we want a deterrent to stop players from staying down. Mm. Hopefully, it's not going to happen much. You anymore. cut me off from my Julie Bishop story yeah, to read that, that text. Yes. Thanks, mm. Rodney. More important than a Julie Bishop Barbie doll story and you creeping Sexist. her out on a plane. Well, it had that Woogie. scary stare that Julie Bishop used to have. This and is, probably still does have. 
because she's This alive. is Sports Day for the Kia Sereno Drive Car of the Year. Give us a call or a text 0477 736 736. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477-736-736. That's 0477-736-736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.